0: it real um i uh, he he mentioned our social media i did learn one thing over the the holidays and that is if you if you have an iphone and it's nice and new and big and you enjoy it very much but you drop it in the toilet you're supposed to you have to go back to one of these um so i i'm kind of enjoying not being able to search up anything other than just take phone calls uh so if you've been trying to get a hold of me yeah i might have missed it there's a possibility. Um, I do want to bring up as well, just keep in your minds, thoughts, prayers. Uh, our team, that uh, it, it, we're taking another team trip to Guatemala this year down to the orphanage that we support down in Guatemala coming up this coming June, I believe it is. June? Yeah. June. Yes, the beginning of June. Uh, so if, uh, if that's something you're interested in being a part of, there is a sign-up sheet out in the, in the back that uh, is along with the food pantry sign-up. Um, there 's a sign up sheet out there. We would love to have more people come along that want to be a part of, of loving on the kids, loving on the children as well as providing uh, new homes building for or, for orphans for widows for man it 's just a it 's such a tremendous trip so if you 'd like to be a part of that, start thinking now, get that in your mind uh, you can start saving setting aside it 's not that that uh, that expensive and it's a it 's a wonderful trip very safe uh, you don 't have to worry about um, uh, you don't have to worry about much at all. It's, it's, a, it's a really nice trip. Uh, I wanted to go ahead and, and jump right into my series this morning. Uh, we're starting a, a new series, and uh, last week I ended our series, we had a series entitled Emmanuel, and we ended with uh, the title last week being Jesus is Lord. And and, and the understanding, the recognition of what actually "Lord" translates to today. Jesus is Lord. Literally translated, is Jesus is supreme in authority over my life. Jesus is uh, even controller would be would be a, 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 an apropos word, something that you could use. He, I allow him. Or I give him reign. I give him rule over my life. No longer will I allow uh, those things that I try and hold on to. The the areas, the issues, the the, the all the different things that we try and well, out I'm, I'm going to call you. Lord, lip service, but I'm, I'm still going to hold control of this. That's not Jesus' is, Jesus is Lord. Jesus is Lord is literally giving him supreme authority over your life. We ended last week, and I wanted to continue uh, a little bit on that with this new series. We have a, a new year, and I know a lot of people are speaking about a new year, new you, um, yeah, which... Let's be honest, how many people on social media have posted something to the effect of new year, new me, new year, new you, something like that? Probably a few of you hating to actually admit that you've done it. Uh Um, But I I think as we go forward... With this mentality, this understanding, all right, I've made a commitment, I've made a choice, Jesus is going to be supreme in authority over my life. As you go forward, what you're going to find is there's different obstacles that we encounter, different things. They say that, uh, I-, I think within the first seven days, New Year's resolutions, within the first seven days, over 80% of people have already stopped their New Year's resolution. By February 1st, they say it's somewhere around 95%. So what is the? what are the obstacles, what are the battles that hinder us from truly stepping into acknowledging and truly living out a lifestyle of Jesus is Lord over my life. I think there's, as we look through scripture, we see uh, three main areas where, uh, where scripture talks about that we, we fight battles. The first one is obviously the devil, the enemy. There's, there's the devil, this, this, this enemy that, that comes against us, that attacks us, that, that tries to hinder us from keeping Jesus as Lord in our life. The, the second area that we find is, is a, uh, uh, what, what, what scripture refers to as the world. The world, there's, there's a scripture that says, love not the world or the things in it. And and it's talking about a worldview that doesn't want to acknowledge, that doesn't want to recognize, that doesn't want to know Jesus as Lord. They don't want to recognize his supreme authority. They want to maintain control in their own life. Satan, I will mind, look, Satan tried the same thing, and it didn't work out so well for him. So I'm just saying, you probably, probably shouldn't go that route either. But I I think of those, you have the enemy, you have Satan, and then you have the world, but I think the biggest obstacle, the biggest obstacle a lot of times in our fight, in our struggle, in our pursuance to run the race that is set in front of us is literally ourselves. We ourselves can be our biggest hindrance, the, the fight that comes from within. It's our own fleshly nature, Paul writes about Inside of us, there's this old nature that used to be in charge. It liked me being in control. It liked saying, I make my own decisions. I make what I want to do. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do it if I want to. I'm not going to if I don't want to, and it's up to me and my way. But then there's when you're saved, Christ talks about there's the old is gone. Behold, all things have become new. There's a new you. The new you is when you gave your life to Christ. The Bible calls it a new birth. God says he puts his spirit, a new spirit, a new you inside. There's something different, a change, a new man. So now you have this, this old man and you have this new man, the old you and the new you. So the new you, the new you listens to God. The new you acknowledges God as supreme in authority, as, as controller. Lord God, I acknowledge you as Lord over my life. But the problem is, is the old nature is still there. The old nature still wants to rise up, still wants to fight, and the Christian life literally is all about learning to live in the spirit and not walk in the flesh. It's choosing every day the new man and choosing to set aside to leave dead the old man, the old you, the new you. Now, quite honestly, for myself, I can say I'm my own worst enemy. We sit there, we blame the devil, we blame the world, we blame issues, we blame all these things. But ultimately, if we really truly look at it, I, I, I am my own worst enemy. I think I, I'm probably not the only one here. And the reason is because a lot of us, we're, we're masters of self-sabotage. We're masters of self-sabotage. We're masters of getting in our own way. We talk a lot about oh, treat yourself right. you got to treat yourself right. You gotta, I mean, we, we say these things, we gotta do ourselves right, but the truth is we're, we're pretty good at treating ourselves poorly. So to win the battle of who's supreme in authority in your life, it has to start by winning the war within. I think the, uh, the Apostle Paul uh, described the old man, new man conflict the best. He, he talked a lot about it, and, and he said that uh, the stuff I wanna do, that's that's stuff that I don't do. And then I write down the stuff that I don't want to do. I, I don't want to do this, I don't want to do this. And that's the stuff I end up doing. There's this constant battle, this constant back and forth. We end up being a traitor to our own self. Now, for people here this morning, I, I, I don't know what your war is, what your wars are. There's different issues, different things that we each fight within ourselves, we talked a lot this last week about depression. We talked a lot about even suicide throughout the holiday uh, months. There's moodiness. People being held hostage by a version of yourself that you don't want to be. Anxiety. All of these different things that, that, that end up attacking ourselves and what we end up doing, and we label them as sin, but what we do is we use numbing agents. We use numbing. Numbing takes the form shape uh, many different forms and shapes alcohol is a numbing agent another numbing agent can also be uh, medicating yourself self-medicating whether prescription or, or, or whether illegal we also numb through overeating we numb through shopping through spending through validation on social media Would, do you like me enough it, d- am i worthy of a like am i worthy of a praise there's all these numbing things that we use but look, you'll never be able to be at your best if you're treating yourself the worst. And I think at some point we have to come to terms with this and to realize that, that we are at a, at a war within ourselves. As you look through Scripture, there's this constant battle with the old self and the new self. An acknowledgment of, yes, Jesus is Lord over my life. I'm no longer going to follow what, the ways that I used to follow now, when you make the decision to win the war within, you'll find that there's certain areas that you have to start. And over the next couple of weeks, these are the, what I want uh, to address, what I want to talk about. We're going to be talking about how, how your speech, how your speaking affects yourself, how your actions affect yourself, what you're doing. And, and ultimately, what I want to end on is probably one of my favorite verses, having done all to stand, therefore do what? It's this, it's your fight. It's your ultimate just, okay, God, I'm, I'm standing in faith and I'm believing. But today, today when I want to talk about it is where I think it all begins. And I want to talk about your thinking. Your thinking. There's a, a proverb that's Proverbs 23, verse 7. It says this, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. This is where the battle truly begins. There's Joyce Meyer wrote The Battlefield of the Mind. There's there's numerous books out there about about talking about and reflecting on, okay, how do I take back, how do I take captive this battlefield that's in my head? You are what you think. Now, now understand what I'm not saying is that uh, every problem in life can be solved with some sort of mind over matter. I'm not talking about that, but what I am saying is that what happens in your mind really does matter. Listen to this. Negative thoughts will never lead to a positive life. Negative thoughts will never, can never, will not ever lead to a positive life. The way we think, we feel. The way we think we feel is responsible for so many of the problems that we get into. We constantly do things based on how we feel. Well, I I woke up and I didn't feel this way, and so. Well, this situation is making me feel this way, and so. We do things based on how we feel, but you can change the way you feel by changing the way you think. By changing, by taking captive the mind, you can change the way you feel by changing the way you think. If you pl- here, here's a great example. We just had Christmas, and uh, across the room, there's probably a number of parents that bought their children some sort of toy that required batteries. <sighs> Who, who's honest enough to say that they've ever put batteries in the wrong way? All right, about 30% of you are honest. If you put batteries in wrong, whatever it is, the flashlight doesn't work. The object doesn't work, right? And somebody will end up saying something to the effect of, hey, did did you put the batteries in right? Yes, I put the batteries in. Oh, look at there. It works now. Negative thoughts will never lead to a positive life. There's an orientation that has to happen. There are hundreds of verses throughout Scripture on, on your thoughts, on your mindset, on, on taking back captive the, your thinking, your thoughts. Uh, one particular one is Colossians chapter 3. If then you were raised with Christ, seek those things which are above. Again, seek those things which are above. Here's that orientation. Here's the, the positive-negative aspect, right? Here's putting the batteries in correctly. Think on things above where Christ is, sitting at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things above, not on things of the earth. How about Romans? Romans chapter 12, Paul writes, he says, Don't copy the the behavior, the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Most of us have probably memorized the scripture, Do not be transformed, right? Do not be transformed, by the Or be transformed by the renewing of your mind, right? So see, here's this, this version is just a different version. It says, don't copy the behavior, the customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Do not be conformed to the image of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Uh, another one, in Matthew 23, 7, we talked about this last week when we talked about Jesus Lord, Emmanuel, God with us. And Jesus said, The greatest of all the commandments is what? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, and all your your mind. There's a thought process behind it. He said, love the Lord your God with all your mind. We have to love God with our minds, with our thinking. We have to use the right kind of thinking. Your thinking matters. And I think a lot of times, in fact, oftentimes, our our thinking devolves into negativity. I I don't think anybody wakes up in the morning, walks to the mirror, looks in the mirror and says, you know what, I I hope you have a terrible day today. And yet... So many of us allow anxiety and worry and all these thoughts into our heads that lead to that very sort of day that we don't want to have. The reward for negativity is is always more negativity. The reason is because, hear me out, you will find what it is you're looking for. What you look for, you will find. This is novel. This is brilliant. And and I I, I was doing some research, I was doing some looking. The reason this is, the the way that God developed our mind, the way that we think. Okay, now first, what I'm not talking about is that uh, every thought that pops up. There's a difference between thinking on and a thought. A thought just pops up. But you are in charge of the thoughts that that, that stay in your head, that you dwell on, that you think on. You can't stop what shows up in there, but you don't have to let any thought stay there. Don't choose to dwell on it. Because you don't have to think about everything you feel. But you will feel everything you choose to think about. So scientifically, our brains our brains work. There's a, there's a thing called frequency illusion. Frequency illusion states that once you've noticed something, then you notice it more. You think it happens more often. You think it happens a lot. A, a perfect example was was the the last time that you purchased a car. You went out, you got a car, you found just the car that you wanted, you started driving it, and then what happened? Everybody has the same car. Now, the day that you bought the car, were there just automatically, magically, that many more of the same car that you bought that day than there were yesterday? Or is it just you started noticing something more? Frequency illusion. See, you drove it away, you immediately noticed the same vehicle everywhere. Selective attention is what's causing you to notice. Because it's what you've been focusing on. So your brain is causing you to see more of it because you're dwelling on it. Frequency illusion. So now, you're in this thing called frequency illusion where you're starting to end up, you're living a, a self-fulfilled prophecy. Because what you're looking for, you will find. So the reward for negative thinking is more negative thinking, and so the same in our lives. If if you go to work thinking, well, they were mean to me last time. I, I, I bet you, I bet you, they're going to be mean to me again. Now, everything they say, everything they don't say, everything they laugh at, everything they don't laugh at. How do you view that particular instance through the eyes, the frequency illusion? You're starting to think that you're, you're, you're starting to think that you're starting to look for a, a hope to get hurt. You're hoping to get hurt. If you focus on the negative things in your life, if you focus on, on, on the negative things that your spouse did, if you focus on the, the negative things that happened at church, if you're focusing on, on the negative things in, in, in your circle of friends in a small group, or, or whatever the issue, wherever the drama the issue is. You saw it happen, and now you're staring at it. So what's going to happen? You're going to see more of it. There's not more negativity. It's just what you're looking at. Your subconscious is informing you, there it is. There it is, see? See, there it is. And all of a sudden, we start, again, it's this self-fulfilled prophecy. We start to say, oh, see? That's the story of my life. That's just how my life goes. It's always going to be this way. No, it's the story you're choosing to write. But the good news is, if it can be used for evil, it can then also be used for good, right? It just takes a perspective within our minds, within our thoughts. What if you taught your subconscious to look for something different by thinking about something different? What if you trained it to look for signs of good, signs of beauty? What if, as you woke up every morning, that you made a conscious effort to go throughout your day looking for the best in people instead of the worst examples of people? Have you looked for anything praiseworthy? Anything of good report? You see, all of a sudden, your subconscious starts to notice, starts to take notice, and and starts to say, man, look, they, they used to be negative all the time, but But now there's there's a whole different perspective. There's a whole different world that I live in. They're not snarky anymore. You're starting to to find the good in people. You're finding the the beauty in situations. And all of a sudden your mind starts saying, all right, let's look for more of that. There's good. Hey, look, there's God at work. Wait, wait a second. There, there, right over there. I see it too. God's doing something in that person. There's somebody who, who, who's giving to the needy. There's somebody who's, who's looking out for his brother, for his sister. Now all of a sudden you're seeing it and you're starting to say, now I, I see, I knew it. story of my life. Now, I, I want to clarify what I'm not saying. I'm not talking about positive thinking as a replacement for God. I think a lot of times, uh, especially in church culture, we we have this this idea that if you hear a a, a fluff message from a a pastor, it's just all they're just talking about positive positive reinforcement as a replacement for God. Uh, Look, what I am talking about is positive thinking as a response to God. There's an understanding when you do actually come to the, to the realization that, that Jesus is Lord in my life, when you surrender to supreme authority, when you acknowledge his leadership in your life, all of a sudden there's something different and you start to see the good in him and because you see the good in him that he did for you, you start noticing the good in others as well. Because he's good, I'm, I'm going to think positive. You can't worship and worry at the same time. You cannot worship and worry at the same time. You can't be accidentally negative while you're being intentionally positive. There's a scripture in Philippians. Philippians chapter 4 says this, "Fix fix your thoughts on what is true, what is honorable, what is right, what is pure, lovely, admirable. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. Think about these things. You can't worship and worry at the same time. You can't be doing good things, good thinking, and be thinking bad at the same time. Now, looking at this scripture, this is important. Notice this. It doesn't say stop thinking about the negative. It doesn't say stop thinking about the negative. It says start thinking about the positive. Fix your thoughts on what is true. The answer is not try and stop being negative because... When I say stop thinking about it, what do you do? <laughs> I uh, I worked in, in Louisiana for a while uh, at a boys' home. And I, man, I'm, I'm fresh out of high school. I'm, I'm just starting Bible college, and I'm working at this boys' home. Uh, troubled teens, 13 years old to 18 years old. I'm 18 myself, so I'm still I'm still just naive. And here I am supposed to be a camp counselor for these young boys. Court appointed and... And so uh, there were times, though, when we would take them outside the camp, and we would go driving, and, and you know, trying, to, trying to help them, we'd be driving, and we'd, we'd notice certain items, whether, whether a billboard, or just something that would remind them of their past, something that would, would get them thinking negative thoughts, if you will. And, and in, initially, we would say something to the effect, okay, nobody look right, and what would everybody do? If I tell you don't think about pink elephants, what are you thinking about right now? So what we ended up doing is we thought, you know what, let's, as we're driving along, if there's a billboard on the right hand or if there's a situation over here on the right hand side, we're going to say to the whole van, nobody look left. And what would everybody do? Everybody would look left. You see, it's, it's replacing. It's not sitting there and dwelling. A lot of us have, have issues. We have trouble, and we sit there and we say, Coria, I, I give it to God. I give it to God every day. God, would you take away this worry? I'm worried about this, and, and I'm concerned about this. And, and all of a sudden, we sit there and we start doing what? Dwelling on the very negative we're asking God to take away. See, that's not what scripture tells us to do. Scripture says what? Don't dwell on it. Instead, fix your thoughts on Him. Turn your mind on things above, not on things of this earth. We replace it with something else. What if instead of worrying, we choose to praise? I I can't be worrying while I'm simultaneously praying, while I'm praising, while I'm giving God glory. What if we're practicing gratitude? See, a lot of us, we, we, we walk around grumbling and complaining about the world and how it is, and, and, and it's never going to change. Okay, well, well, what if instead of focusing on that, what if instead you just started walking around with a heart of gratitude? What if I'm choosing to encourage people instead of being critical? I won't be able to do the thing I don't want to do while I'm busy doing the thing that God's called me to do. You can change the way you feel if you change the way you think. Winning the war within. Now, I, I think that many of us feel like we're already in this this negative, destructive cycle. Corey, I, I've... I've I hear what you're saying, and, and that's great and all, but I, I've lived this life, and I've had this problem for so many years, and, and it's, it's just, it's ingrained in me now, it's, it's who I am, and, and I don't know that, that things can change, I don't know that God can change my way of thinking. I've been selectively focused on the wrong things for so long now that, that confirmation bias, it, it's just, it's, it's habit, it's instinct now. Um... I was reading recently about an incident that I want to share with you this morning. Uh, in the art world, there's, a, there's an individual um, known as Banksy. Banksy is a graffiti artist, uh, and, and it's, he's been around, I believe, since the early 2000s, and nobody knows for sure who he is. All of a sudden, an art piece will just show up tagged graffiti on the side of a building anywhere around the world. And with these, he's, he's more of a, a political activist. And Banksy came up with this idea. <laughs> he had a plan, and what he wanted to do was point out the horrors of commercialism and the selling of art because he felt that art should only be for beauty. And so he devised this plan. He took one of his pieces called Girl with Balloon. It was one of his pieces that, that had shown us. So he took this piece and he, he created this frame all the way around this piece. And, and, and within the framework, within this, this ornate frame, he had, he had hidden a shredder down at the bottom. Ended up actually getting this piece of art all the way to Sotheby's in London. If you're, if you're familiar at all, this is a very fine high culture um, where the piece was, was set to uh, appraise and sell for somewhere uh, around anywhere from two hundred and fifty to three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. <laughs> two hundred and fifty to three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Set it up to be auctioned off at the infamous Sotheby's, but but the bidding began and kind of surprised to everyone, the piece ended up selling um, for around one point four million. Again, unbeknownst to everybody in attendance, here's this auction piece displayed for everybody to see. And as soon as the gavel drops wirelessly, somebody in the audience hit a button. And Girl with Balloon starts shredding. I want to watch this video with me. <laughs> <laughs> the piece itself was left tattered, shredded. 1 four million dollars eight hundred and sixty pounds they now actually estimate that the painting is worth so much more than one point four million after this incident Sotheby's released released a statement saying Banksy didn't destroy an artwork in the auction he created one the actual art was the whole stunt that day See, the reason that somebody would pay so much more than $1.4 million to buy a tattered canvas is they know the tattered canvas is just one aspect of the painting that they're purchasing. What they're purchasing, what they're creating, is an entire masterpiece that came from the artist's mind. The buyer who, who actually paid the $1.4 million said this, Initially I was shocked, but I realized I ended up with a piece of art history. I, I would... Say to each and every one of us. A lot of us have lived our lives, and we've come to a point in time. We've come to a point in a place where, where we realize, man, I'm I'm a tattered mess. I've been shredded by life. I've been hurt. I've been left alone. I've been neglected. I've been, and we go through all these thoughts, these mindsets of I'm no longer worthy. I'm I'm no longer uh, worth. Somebody would pay, I'm, my life is now, and so we fall into anxiety, we fall into worry, we fall into depression, we fall into all these different areas. But you didn't surprise the creator. He knew from the very beginning what he was going to be a part of. That you being marred, being broken, was always going to be the occasion that would give him the opportunity to show his great love for you. That he was still going to pay the ultimate price for a piece that you didn't think was worth anything. For a piece that you thought, well now that's shredded, that's, that's going to go to the bin. Don't you know that you can't, you could never do anything that would make God love you less. And I, I would say no matter what, what kind of uh, art piece you think you've painted with your life, your ability to, to, to produce a, a, a perfect, pretty picture was never part of the plan because God was never counting on your goodness. He was never counting on just, just how perfect of a life you lived. He was always banking on his own. And so when you bring him the tattered, the ripped up ruins, the mistakes, the guilt of yesterday, You watch him work into a tapestry, into an art piece of his own, his grace, his masterpiece. It's a beautiful plan that he has for your life. As the band is coming up to uh, play that, that second song again, I think if Jesus' resurrection teaches us anything, it's that God does beautiful things with broken people. set your mind on things above if then when you were raised with Christ seek those things which are above where Christ is sitting at the right hand of God set your mind on things above not on things of the earth and Philippians 4 fix your thoughts on what is true what is honorable, what is right, what is pure, what is lovely think about the things that are excellent think about the things that are worthy of praise The, the battle to win the war within starts here it starts by acknowledging, like we said last week, Jesus, I, 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 give, you, I give you complete supreme authority in my life. I, I acknowledge, I know you as Lord of my life. And then every day it's waking up, and it's not choosing to focus on the negative. It's not saying, God, I need you to take care of this problem. God, I need you to take care of this worry. God, Because then you sit there and you start to worry, but instead say, God, I, I thank you. God, I, I know you have it all under control. God, I, I give you glory, I give you praise, and I, I thank you for the price that you paid. As I close, if everybody, if you'll stand with me, I wanna pray. And Again, I, I think across this room, we all battle with different wars, with different, different issues inside our minds. And this morning, uh, I, I'm not gonna tell you to focus on that. Whatever that is, Acknowledge God. I, I'm I'm no. I'm not I'm not decreasing the the hurt the pain that you're you're in. I I understand. But what I'm saying is is take that. Say God. I give it to you. And then just praise Him. If you bow your heads with me, thank you, Lord God, for this opportunity. Lord God, to 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 worship you, to give you glory, to celebrate how how this. This tattered, broken piece, this, this artistry, Lord God, this mess that I've made in your hands is, is part of a, a much bigger, beautiful picture, Lord God, a, a priceless piece, a piece of history. Lord God, today I pray across this room that you would would help us to change the way we think. Lord God, to to fix our mind, to fix our thoughts on things above, not on things below. Lord God, to, to look at the polarity of things, Father, and instead of focusing on the negative, Lord God, instead choose to see you in all things. Father, this morning we focus on the positive. Help us to seek you first, Lord God. Not positive, Lord God, because positivity is some sort of deed that we can do, Lord God, but solely because of you, because of your grace, because of your mercy, because of the love that you extended on Calvary's cross, Father. We look for and we dwell on the good around us, Father. Help us all to focus on your love, your truth. Help us to be an example, Lord God, of the very example that you left for us. It's in your mighty name that we pray. Amen. Amen. Guys, I encourage you again this week. Jesus is Lord. Wake up every morning and realize and acknowledge and give him praise. God bless you all. Y'all have a wonderful year.